Hello, everybody. It's your girl, Miracle Sims, and you're watching God, Sex, and Love. As you guys can see, I'm really, really comfy and cozy today because I'm going to be having a little girl chat with the lovely ladies, Miss Shunda and Regina. Uh, I'm sure these ladies are going to have a lot to uh, bring to the table of discussion. Um, but before we get into that, uh, on a serious note, I want to just go into this and have a, a bit of a conversation with you all before the conversation. Um, today we're going to talk about a topic that may be a bit controversial. Um, it's a topic that, you know, uh, we go into with ease and we hope and pray that it is uh, well received. Um, I, I would like to just go on the record and say that any of uh, the thoughts that are expressed in this conversation are the uh, are owned by the person that they were given from. Uh, it should be taken in no reflection of God, sex, and love, or preach the word worldwide network. So, um, yeah, I, I hope that you guys uh, receive this information and understand that, you know, although the subject matter may be a bit difficult, uh, we feel as if the conversation is, uh, it, it, that it needs to be had. Um, again, God, Sex, and Love is a platform for Christians to talk about God, sex, love, and everything in between. And so uh, we take this, this, this seriously, we don't take it lightly. And, uh, we hope that you all again can just join us not only by just listening friends but also join the conversation because the conversation needs to be had to do a girl chat <laughs> first let me give a shout out to as you guys can see she's back from the second episode we got miss shonda on the line miss shonda english girl i was about to say Hello. your name honey yes you know bedtime ready you know Yes, yes. And now we also would like to welcome to the God, Sex, and Love TV platform for the first time, Miss Regina. Hey. Yes, indeed. Regina Devers is on the line. <laughs> so, ladies, uh, first I want to just thank you all for being brave enough to uh, have this conversation. Um, I understand it is a heavy and a um, controversial topic. Um, but I mean, you know, again, I just kind of want to see where we're at as women, you know, and how we feel and, you know, as Christian women and everything like that as well. So, um, I know you guys are familiar with what the topic of today is. Um, I, I, I believe, uh, our, our teacher in our mix has some, has some, uh, stats for us. A teacher, what, what was those stats you were telling me about earlier? <laughs> She, oh, she's not. Miss Shun, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. <laughs> I think she froze. Oh, no. What happened? You was frozen. 
Yes, I came unfrozen. I turned my internet off and I just went straight up data. Just oh, your okay. face. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I was saying, dude, um, we would like you to uh, give us those stats that you were giving us earlier. Okay. About- yes, girl. So according to some research, um, it was Healthline specifically. It said as of 2020, there's over 112 different gender identities and um, gender expressions that are recognized. Um, you have, for example, trans women, and then you have what we would be called as cis women, which means that we were born as female and we identify as being female. So that's considered cis. Um, you also have to understand that identity is different from expression. So I may identify as a trans male and may express myself as a male, but may for my sex be female. So female is considered a sex and not necessarily a gender. So just some small points to point out when we talk about gender identity and talk about like a trans female versus a a real or birth female, I guess, so to speak. Okay. Well, I guess for the record, um, so we are all natural women, I'm I'm assuming. Let me stop. <laughs> born, yeah, born a woman, so cis um, female. Or natural. Got you. Okay. Oh, just, just for the record, everybody. Just for the record, not trying to poke fun. Well, I want this to be light too, as well, though, y'all. I'm trying not to make this so heavy. Um, I think that's my thing. But um, so here's here's where I'm, I'm at with with this, and I guess maybe this could be the thing to kick things off. I don't know, but um, I just feel like. I feel like this idea, it doesn't work across the board for everybody. And I feel like because of that, it's it's hard to, um, how can I say? It's like, it's hard to really, I guess, fully accept because it's, because I guess, for example, the way, at least how I feel and what I've observed, I don't think there's any way that I could be taken seriously if I was to say, I am a white man, address me as a white man. I don't think anybody would do that. And I feel so like- Transracial. Trans, like I think trans anything isn't, is, is this not, is, I feel like it's not a fair, I don't think it works across the board. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm wrong, but I just don't think I, if I was to go and say, that I am, this is what I am, address me as a white man from now on, no one would take me seriously. I mean, I know I saw uh, recently about a a girl, I mean, probably wasn't that recently, but I don't know if she was on Dr. Phil, black girl, uh, I guess identified as white and everything like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, everybody had all this backlash and things to say about her, you know? I just, I feel like it just doesn't work across the board. Like, how? so how can we... I don't know what I mean. What, what do you ladies think about that? Like, I mean, does it? I mean, mm-hmm. I can see where you're coming from on that, where it doesn't work across the board, um, especially in that situation, because it's something I think that um, while we can see gender, like we can physically see it, right? But when it comes to race, for some reason, it's it's like taboo I want to say in a way more taboo than gender I think because gender like I would like this with 
culture says is one thing versus what the word says. So according to culture, gender is seen as fluid. It's seen as not permanent. But according to the word, several times throughout the Bible, um, it says that God created male and female. He created them in his own image and he blessed them. That's just a quick check from Genesis 5, Mark 10, Genesis 1. So it's throughout, it's two genders. But I think when culture gets in and it paints its own little picture and begins to twist it, because again, if we're going based upon godly principles, we live in a sinful society. So whereas like Regina said, uh, race is seen as more permanent because, you know, I am black. Even if I became transgendered, I would still be a black male because I would be transitioning from female to male. I would still be black. It's, it's very difficult to cut my black skin off and make myself white. But for whatever reason, doctors think it's okay to cut off other parts of my anatomy and change what God created me to be. So race is seen as more construct, whereas gender could be seen as fluid because you have the proper surgeries for that. However, I'm sure in the future they're going to figure out ways to uh, color people other stuff too. There's no telling. I mean, Michael Jackson. I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think when it comes I've to... I've seen some, some things where... Go ahead. No, no, no. I didn't hear that you was talking, so you can go ahead. I think it was like a delay. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, um, I was just saying, like, and I've, I've noticed, like, lately, we do have celebrities that have gotten lighter skin. Somehow, their skin has been lighter, right? Or darker. Kylie Jenner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it, it comes down to people not being excited about how God created them to be. You that know, even to say, I don't know. It froze. Okay. You bet. <laughs> um, for me, God created you, like you just said, in his likeness and his image. God is not the author of confusion. And if God created you in his likeness and image, that means that he didn't create you in a state of confusion. He know what he created you to be. It's up to you to align with it. I think the enemy is mad about this. It's like, there's like reason. <laughs> I find a way to push you through this, y'all, because uh, obviously this conversation needs to be had. Um. So. So yeah, I mean, I got. I know there's a lot of hot topics that we can touch on this about. Um. Ugh. It's like I don't even know, but like I, again, I'm trying not to make it so heavy, but at the same time, it's. it's I guess it's. It's just going to be heavy, but. Um, I don't know if I want to even go to the kids side of this thing right now. Like, are we ready for that okay. part of the conversation? Um, I think we should do what Shonda said. I mean, because to me, um, that that whole child component has to do with um where it started from. Like, it, it started generations ago, and it's like you know, it became subtle. It subtly creeped its way in. And that's what happens. It media and different things like that tends to desensitize generations. Mm -hmm. So it just it what you minimize in one generation winds up being magnified in another, whether positive or negative. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say, you know, let's move forward with it. Mm 
let's go. And I love how you just put that because that is so true. Like generations ago, not even generations ago, when we were kids, I didn't know anything about trans. That was not really a word. As a matter of fact, it was kind of like transvestite. You know, you saw it on Jerry Springer, but it was not like respected. You know, it was kind of like, what? You know, what is going on? Why are they so confused? But now it's like they're shoving it down your throat. You see it everywhere. Um, one of the shows I always point to, my name is Jazz. I think it's the, the title of the show. It comes on TLC. And it's just amazing to me how the parents, they like approve of it. They have hormone suppressants. They suppress puberty so that the kids can transition. And I'm a parent of three kids. And I don't, I really don't think I could go along with that. Now, I know everybody's, you know, parenting style is different. I know every situation is different. Every situation is unique. And I know in some cases, parents of transgender kids are like, they have to kind of go with it because they're scared their children are suicidal or depressed. It's just, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I always just refer back to the word. And for me, that doesn't align with what I believe in uh, spiritually. It's nothing right. personally. I love everybody. But spiritually, it does not align with what I believe, my belief systems and what I was taught. Mm -hmm. And I I think, see, that's that's another thing as well. Like when it comes to, I guess, the the children's side of it, or if you're concerned that your child is going to be suicidal about it and things like that, it's like there's deeper issues there than that. Like, because if your child is suicidal, then what is causing that? Like, can we get to the root of the actual issues um, I feel like that's probably part of, I guess, the narrative that, that, so it's like, instead of getting to the actual issue of whatever is going on, it's like, let's just do another quick fix thing or something, you know, to, or let's, let's just go with it or something. I, I don't, and no, I don't under, I guess I fully don't understand that, especially as a parent, um, you know, because we're supposed to be teaching and guiding um, you know, I you you know I'm I just got in the game of parenthood. You know, uh, <laughs> my little man is only one. You know, um, so I'm, I'm not sitting here trying to act like I'm just a guru or something. But I mean, I, the way I was raised is you know uh, under my parents' house under their rules. You know, we was all under their rules and things like that. And I mean, I mean I don't know if that's old school, but um, you know, okay, I, I understand that if you want to make certain decisions when you become an adult, then you know, again, it's a, it's a totally different thing that if you're my child. But if you're like, you know, a friend or you're someone and you're an adult and you decide to make some decisions with your life and things like that, then I guess that's a whole entirely different thing. But as for parents condoning it and going along with it, I mean, I just kind of feel like they're not doing their job as parents. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's a harsh, uh, I guess, criticism to make, but, um, and no judgment, sorry. You know, I'm like not trying to judge anyone on how you decide to do something. Cause again, everybody can do whatever they want to do. Everyone has free will to do whatever they want to do. Um, I just, I just feel like we as parents aren't, our job isn't to let our child do whatever they want to do. Our child is to lead and guide them. Um, and then if you're believers, lead and guide them in what the word says. Um, I know when I was growing up, 
if you did something, my mom wasn't scared to put no switch on you or put a belt to your butt. But now we got parents that are unfortunately children raising children, not saying that this didn't happen back then because my mom was what, 16, 17 when she had me. And no, she wasn't married. She was a single parent. Mm -hmm. But back then, you can get your tail whooped still. Who you think you talking to? You know, now is I'm going to call CPS. Or you got the child that's going to threaten your life or they'll beat you up. You know what I'm saying? Like, whoa, who's, who's the parent here? And you have a lot of parents. And no, I don't have children yet. It's coming. Oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just like... You have parents that would rather be the child's best friend. That's why you have a lot of agreement going on. Like, what is the parent doing in that household where the child is like, you know, um, I'm, I'm starting to feel like I, I think I should have been a boy or I think I should have been a girl or I think this and I think that. And the reality of it is, is that these thoughts are not just sudden. These happen yeah. in little things. We have, you know, even though I don't have biological children, I have a niece or nieces, but my youngest niece is uh, what? She is eight years old now. And I have um, a goddaughter and she's older. Like, you know, I think she's what, 20, 21 or whatever. But still it matters about what uh, influences your child has. So if you're, if you're, you have a, a movie on and it has some, girl on girl action or man on man action you like well what, where did you get this idea from children are impressionable mm -hmm. even at a young age you think they ain't paying attention to what you're doing and what your language is but they um they are absolutely paying attention sorry yeah. boss is calling me uh oh <laughs> all right and i well, mean just Picking back off of what she was saying is like, I think we have a lot of parents who don't know their identity and they can't really verify their child's identity. It's so crucial and critical that you speak life into your child and you tell your child who they are in Christ. You tell your child who you believe them to be and you don't accept anything less than greatness. And I'm not saying that, you know, if your child makes a decision to change or be stray away from what you taught them but the goal is even in the bible it says that if you put it in them they won't stray that far from it but you have to put it in them first and yes. if you don't know who you are and you're having conflicting emotions and you having this man and that man or this woman and that woman running in and out their life and yeah. they're exposed to too much too soon i think we see a lot of over sexualization of children like for me personally um a child at three or four can't know if they're gay, straight, trans, whatever. My personal opinion. Nice. I mean, I hear all the time kids who say, I knew that I was gay at three. How did you know that? Like, why are we talking about sexuality at three? How do you know that? How do you even know what gay and straight is at three and four? Like, I, you know, I try with all my might to protect my child's innocence. Um, all three of them. I have three kids. So we don't really, you know, talk gay, straight, trans. When my kids see stuff and they ask me about it, then I tell them what I believe biblically. Like my kids, they did see something on TV. It was a commercial and it showed two men kissing. And my son was like, whoa, men aren't supposed to do that. And we talked to them from the biblical standpoint. No, they're not. We believe as Christians that marriage is between a man and a woman. And that's how I'm raising my kids. Now, if they stray from that, it's not because I haven't raised it or put it in them. It's because they've decided to do what they want to do as they're adults, not why they're kids. Because kids in my house don't have a sexuality. You're a child. 
you need to be a child. That that is everything right there. Like that is everything because like that was like one of my first questions that popped in my mind as Regina was talking and both of you as well. It's like, you know, back in the day, right? If a child was to say they had such and such thoughts or such and such, you know, ideas, you would question where did you get that from? You know? Uh and you would know that it something must have happened to this child, right? For them to get that type of information. But now, as you just said, commercials have it, you know, the kids shows have it. So now it's like so easily accessible to them that, I mean, I guess we don't, we don't have to wonder where it comes from because it's coming from media. It's coming from, you know, maybe the other children that haven't been exposed to it and, and it now exposing your children to it, you know? Um, and I guess that's, that's, that's where we are that's where we are now and I guess that's why this conversation uh to me was important to have um not only just because of the kid aspect but then also just as a woman you know how do I feel about womanhood being just equated to I guess physicality you know um just being equated to you know I guess wigs makeup and, and clothes uh I just know, I mean, I know both you and I, Jenna, we've experienced motherhood now, you know, Regina's on the way, you know what I'm saying? With the lowest will, you know, with, with, you know, she's just with her, her her other half, whoever he may be. Maybe watching you right now, you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> Receive it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all seriously though, I mean, you know, and, and that right there, like, I ain't gonna lie now, I was kind of nervous about motherhood, but I was like, Lord, I don't, am I gonna make it through, you know, because you hear all these different things about it. Um, but my experience was rather smooth, so pray, thank and praise God for that, because I hear it can be different ways. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, experiencing that and like looking at my son and just knowing that everything that happened for him to be him was that just blew my mind. I'm like, if, if things didn't happen when it did at that moment you know what I'm saying with my husband in particular and everything like that my child would not be who he is and to me that just blows my mind that all of the little intricate things that make us us you know what I'm saying and um, I know I was expressing on the podcast the other day like you know all the things that we're just naturally born with like God's love and that you know, the authority that he gives us over in dominion that he gives us and, you know, the characteristics of God that we have and things like that. It's just like, you know, these are the things that we're born with and that I feel like we just should embrace because, and then on top of that, we are also just so unique. Even twins are so different from each other, you know, even though they look the same, quote unquote, you know? So it's like to not, I guess, embrace who you are is is i mean i i feel like this is it's a dangerous uh thing and i get it like i mean i think we all kind of go through maybe some identity uh questions and stuff like you know i think we all do that but um i think at some point you know we grow to like learn to really love ourselves and learn to like just be okay with who we are and what we at you know um so i don't know as a woman it's like 
I mean, you, you you ladies know about about like menstruation and, and then like I said, giving birth process and all that stuff, cramps and all that. And, and so, and I don't know, like I said, for womanhood just to be seen as this thing to you know it's just thrown around. And again, again, I know it happens with men as well, or you know, vice versa. But this is just the girl chat. We're only addressing the women's side right now. Maybe the men folk can talk about it another day. Hey. I, I totally agree. Like, as far as with womanhood, it's more than just your outer appearance. It's definitely uh, something very spiritual and powerful within it. Like, the ability to bring forth life and carry life within you is a totally different dynamic than just, you know, I don't feel like I'm as masculine. I feel like a woman. Well, women feel different things. So I, I don't quite know exactly what that means, you know, as far as for a trans woman. And again, I'm not, you know, excusing their journey, minimizing what they feel, but just simply speaking as a, a cis woman, a woman who was born a woman and to see, you know, everything as it is now. I personally just looking at it again from that spiritual perspective, it's an attack on manhood as well. Like the the whole idea of you're a man who wants to be a woman. Being a man is powerful. You know, every God created the two genders for a reason. Because the two genders together create harmony. And so when you're disrupting that because you're lost in your identity, then you're disrupting the harmony that's within you. So it's something deeper than that. It's spiritual. And that's why it goes back to the parents speaking the identity. Like if you look back to the Bible when Jesus was baptized, he looked up to heaven towards his father. Because the father figure is important to say, this is my son and who I'm well pleased. And a lot of these people who are changing their identity, they don't have a father in the house. You don't have that man speaking life into another man. And so because you have all these women around you speaking to you, you now identify with that gender more. And I think that's a huge bulk of it, too. When we talk about like male to female transition. Or as you pointed out, maybe it is some childhood trauma. I don't know. And I mean, like I said, this is a very controversial topic and I never look at anything as black and white. We know there's shades of gray, but just thinking of it from the spiritual perspective, you have to know who you are. Thank you so much for listening to the conversation. I hope that you all enjoyed it. Uh, again, we understand that this is a difficult topic to discuss, but uh, again, we hope that you see that we've you know, done our best to present it in love and understanding. Uh, we understand that this community is, is very effective right now, so we, you know, we are very concerned and we would like to uh, offer our prayers uh, for anybody that is dealing with this. And um, to let you know that you are beautifully and wonderfully made. 
and uh, that God loves you and uh, accepts you as you are. And um, we just hope and pray that we can encourage you to to uh, accept that wonderful gift of His love because uh, He He definitely cares cares so much for you. Miracle, take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I want to know what you ladies think about like when it comes to like trans women uh, win, winning a woman of the year or trans uh, female, um, you know, in competitions with. Uh, I guess natural female and and dominating in sports and things like that. Like, how, how does that make you feel as women to hear that type of thing? Because that type of thing is going on right, like right now. Um, y'all are y'all aware of? <laughs> I mean, I'm aware of the woman of the year situation because it was widely publicized. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as how I, I feel about it, I'm like really you're still a dude so I mean I'm just you are still what God created you as I don't care what you try to change to it's just a fact is a fact um so this individual getting woman of the year is to me is like okay well anybody can be a woman you're a woman you're a woman everybody's a woman you know if I say I want to be an alien well you could be an alien you know and the thing is is that your, if anything, your, uh, what's that word? Not pacifying, but it's kind of like, basically you're in agreement with what they're saying because it's the popular thing. Because, oh, look at who this person is or look who this person influences. But if we go against it, then this backlash is going to happen. So let us do this to make it seem like we're in agreement when that's not the truth. You're just gone with the flow. So when a woman who is transgender, in my opinion, wins something against a a cis woman, that's not an adequate, um, that's not an adequate thing for when it comes to competition or any, in any arena. I don't care what it is. That's not an adequate um, comparison because you have you're a man who became a woman of course you're going to win the race because men tend to be faster than women i mean we got boobs and stuff you know (laughs) you know most of us but i mean you get my point yeah at the end of the day a transgender woman is not a cis woman you did not have to grow up being a little girl and go through the changes that we had to go through we had to go through that embarrassing moment where we got our period and didn't know where it came from okay you i mean all of these different experiences that creates experiences for us to experience womanhood you missed out on all of that that's i'm like really you get to have that that accolade saying hey i want woman of the year but no you didn't you won transgender woman of the year let's let's do it you know what i'm saying if if it's a spade call it a spade 
And I completely agree with Shonda. You know, the word is the word, peer point blank. And I know we're not talking about, you know, sin per se, but unnatural affection, that is unnatural affection, period. You know, but that individual, I want to say this, because I feel led to say it, that individual, that transgender woman is no different than the woman who fornicates or the woman who has an affair. You know, there, there's no difference, but it doesn't mean that God does not love them, it, but God hates the sin. He doesn't hate the person. He hates the sin. And I think that with how society is now, when you see a lot of, of the, um, the group getting together and having these, um, these uh, protests against certain companies and things like that, it's because they feel singled out. But the truth of the matter is they're not singled out. They just feel unwanted. That's just my opinion. Mm. I think the irony is it's easier for someone to change their gender and be accepted by society, but I still got to fight for being black. I don't, I don't understand that. Like I can't wake up and change my race, but you can wake up and change your gender and you're accepted and we better accept you or we're going to get sued. But you know, people can drop the N word with, Total biased, ostracized whole races of people, put little brown children in cages, Trump. But if I say something against somebody who's gay, lesbian, part of the alphabet committee, then it's a huge issue. And I don't think it's fair. Again, I'm not speaking negatively against their community, but I'm just saying like, no. Going back to your question originally, no, there's no way that if LeBron James changes into a woman that he should be able to play in the WNBA. No way, because he's going to win, and it's not fair. There's no way that if Mike Tyson changes into Tyrona that he should be able to compete in female boxing. Because he, you see what he do to men? Imagine what he going to do to a woman. Fighting off ears and stuff. <laughs> I was just thinking about knocking people slap out. But yeah, that part too. So I think as far as in competition, whatever gender you were born, that's the gender that you have to compete at because that's only fair. That's only fair. I mean, like, let's be honest. And I do appreciate UFC and boxing and other sports who are taking a stand on that. They're like, whatever gender you were born as, that's the gender you're competing as as of right now. Who knows? That may change in the next year. But I've seen some sports that have taken a stand on that because they realize it's a dis, you know, it's an unfair advantage for someone who was born naturally of that gender. And even if I was a female changing to a male, I can't go dominate the NBA because there are certain things that you were given as a male that I was not given. Even if I change myself into that, I'm still not gonna be there. And mm -hmm. I also think just randomly thinking, like it's amazing to me how as humans, this is okay, but you don't never see a, a zebra trying to change into a tiger. They both got stripes, but they ain't trying to be nothing else but what they are. And I just feel like, again, we just have to be able to identify with what we are and appreciate what God has chosen us to be. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, both of you ladies hit a lot on the head there. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's interesting what you said about the um, animals, but I was kind of reminded of, um, I don't know if it was a verse or maybe it was something I said on the podcast, I can't remember. But um, 
basically is like we we're given you know uh like the mental capability to make choices and all these things and it's like we use our wisdom that for things that does no earthly good you know um sometimes it, that's what it seems um I don't know what Bible verse 30 is, y'all move it up. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, it's all real, y'all. I mean, I know that, like, um, there, there's so much to discuss about this topic and everything like that. Um, there's another thing. I don't know how long we've been talking. Um, <laughs> so we might have to let you guys go at some point. Um, ooh, do y'all want to? Okay, I just asked. Did y'all hear about? Because I heard recently about something that I guess just either got approved in New York or is about to get approved in New York, or something along those lines. Uh, have y'all heard anything about New York in this topic? Mm-mm. No. Mm-hmm. So what I heard was that um, trans people will be able to change their birth certificates. Oh, they've been doing that. They've been doing that. That's that's in all states, pretty much. Um, but not necessarily, how shall I put this? You can legally change your name. And once you've had your uh, gender reassignment, you can change your birth certificate so that it goes along with whatever your assigned gender is, um, which is kind of controversial. They've been doing that for a while now, actually. Um, but the reason why it's controversial is because you can almost, like, erase your history. Like, this is something me and my husband talk about is, like, I have two sons and like I said before, I ain't got nothing against the community, but I wouldn't want my son to be tricked, so to speak. Like if you're a transgender woman, tell that person, don't try to pass uh, as a full-blooded woman because it's unfair to your spouse later in life. What about if your spouse wants to have kids and your passing is something that you're not, and even with your birth certificate, being able to almost falsify that information. Because that's not what you were born as. When you were born, you were born as something else. Even if you felt as though you were born into the wrong body, the body that you were born into is that of a man. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's what that, that you know individual that brought it up was talking about, like the deception and like, do do you feel like that's you know right or fair to the people that you're not sharing that information with or whatever? And I mean, it doesn't seem fair to me either. Um, like, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I just, um, in regards to it's like a crazy world that we're living in these days. Um, and, and then, like I said, my heart goes out to the community because uh, some, at least from what I've researched and seen, like, I don't know the numbers, so I apologize about that. This is just a conversation. I wasn't trying to, like, throw out facts, y'all. I was just trying to see, like, what we as women felt as, you know, about this topic. But, um, basically it's along the lines of like this community has a high suicide rate because they but it boils down to it's because they realize that even after the surgery nothing has really changed you know um i don't know if you guys have heard about that part of it too but i mean you know it's just we you know we got to pray for people for sure um but i think i mean you know we got to be honest and tell the truth as well and honestly, I mean, hate to keep putting things back on the parents, but it starts at home. Um, like you said, Shonda, instilling in your children from, you know, from the beginning. I mean, what, what else can be done, do you all think? Like, is there anything that we can even do um, 
for for this community and for I guess even for ourselves as women to feel because I'm gonna put it out. This is so controversial <laughs> to even have this conversation, you know. And I guess as Christians to have this conversation. And I mean, I feel like more conversations need to be had, though. Like, I mean, I don't know if you ladies agree with that. I think, um, like you said, what can we do first? Uh, let's just start with the church. Let's just start there. Let's. The church won't call a spade a spade. We have too many pastors who are more concerned about their tithes and offering than they are about the soul and salvation of their members. So in church, we should be having these conversations about sexuality and gender because the church approves one thing and then shuns another. Like they'll approve, you know, Deacon Smith sleeping with, you know, brother uh, Johnson's wife, but then you want to shun homosexuality, but you accept the gay choir director. You can't have it both ways. So the church has to first stand up and take a stand. Secondly, as far as like with the community, all we can do is pray for them. Pray for the parents. Pray for those parents who have kids who feel that they're trans. Pray that they're having these open conversations and they're standing up for what's right, even though it's painful. Um, as far as the suicide rate, many transgendered uh, teens commit suicide because they're unable to find counsel or expression or acceptance. But again, as we pointed out, this goes back to parenting. But like I said, I like to put it back on the church. If we're supposed to be the church of God and we're supposed to be having these conversations, we need to be having them. And they need to be had from the pulpit and not behind closed doors all the time. Like take a stand. You either stand, you can't be lukewarm. You got to be hot or cold. And so it starts there. It's too much acceptance of what is in biblical standing of sin. And it just is what it is. And I mean, it's a harsh truth. really pretty much took the words right out of my mouth um you know we're supposed to have the standard you notice that there is more of the world in the church than the church in the world which for whatever reason the world is being is influencing us more than we are them and i think that's why too is become accepted so what we can do you know those of us who are like-minded and are after you know they <laughs> you rarely hear it now but it's still true holiness is still right holiness is not necessarily how you look how you you know you don't wear no makeup you wear long skirts and all of that stuff no it's about how you treat people it's about what is going in your ear gates what's going in your eye gates what's going in your mind and different things like that um, so for me, the bottom line is for us to raise the standard. We're supposed to keep the standard. And if we don't, then everything else around us is following our trend, really, because we're supposed to be the believer. We're supposed to be the children of God. We're supposed to be the kingdom citizens. So if the kingdom citizens are acting like they're jackals, then what do you think is going to happen? And then when, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, what one, just going off what you were saying, what one of um, our pastors said, what the church does in moderation, the world's going to do in excess. So if we're accepting a little bit in moderation, it's going to reflect in the culture in excess. So when we begin to accept certain things in the church that weren't right, I mean, it just magnified itself to the extreme. Like I told Miracle the other day, you know, 
even as far as like homosexuality and being transgender, okay, that's one form of sexual immorality, but so is shacking. But the church don't want to say nothing about that. But you know what's going on. So then when it, it keeps on progressing and progressing and progressing, now look where we are. I, mm-hmm. So it's yeah. all immorality. It all boils down to, as you said, we have to lift up the standard. And we have failed in that area. And I say we because I consider myself a Christian, part of the church, the body of Christ. And we failed. Yep. Yep. Well, again, you know, I, I guess I hope that this conversation inspires others to, you know, also have the conversation and, you know, whether it be with your families, whether it be with your friends. Um, so hopefully that maybe all of us can eventually come together and, you know, raise the standard overall. Um you know, I won't be long you all time because, like I said, I don't know how long <laughs> this conversation has been. Um, but I just want to thank you, ladies, again for being brave enough to uh, have this conversation. I want to thank you, ladies, for joining me for the little little wind down. You know, the little. Yes, <laughs> y'all could have sent me a robe or something. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and maybe next time. You know, we all will something. <laughs> when the budget goes up, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll send packages. <laughs> yeah, we all wear fancy robes. But no, um, yeah, I appreciate your time, ladies. Thank you all so, so much. Um, if there's anything that you would like to say to just kind of, I guess, wrap, wrap it up or whatever, um, even if it goes in the episode or not, <laughs> um, you know, because maybe we can put it on the site or something like that. Um, yeah, you, you like to if anybody has any final thoughts or anything they would like to say. I guess for me is um, it all starts with the conversation. Um, without conversations, we're left to our own thoughts and we wind up living out our own thoughts and not considering that there are other ways to approach things. Um, mm-hmm. Such like with the topic that we've had, if these individuals maybe would have had an honest conversation with their parents or whomever their guardian was at the time they may be in a different place yeah i want people to see this episode not as like us bashing those who are transgender because i don't think that's the intent i think it's more or less trying to get people to look at it from a biblical perspective and like really understanding that, as Regina said, and I think it's you know beautiful to reinstate, holiness is right. And none of us are perfect. Never said that I was, but we have to remember that at the end of the day, we all have to face our makers. So no, this is not a bash against those who are trans, gay, bi, whatever you want to call it. We love all y'all. But at the end of the day, you know, as you are entitled to your opinions, we are entitled to ours. And it's not an attack against anybody. You're free to live as you want to. Even Jesus gives us freedom and freedom of choice. This is, as we've said before, just simply a conversation so that all perspectives are represented and you don't have to feel as though there's a fear of backlash because it really shouldn't be any. You don't receive backlash for living out your expression of however you want to do it. So for us to you know, be able to freely say how we feel as far as from the religious and biblical perspective, I think this has been a fair conversation. 
Wonderful ladies, wonderful. I guess, I guess the thing I would want to leave is just understanding that in Christ we are made free and all are welcome. Um, you know, when it says uh, go into the world and make disciples and everything like that, or even when it says, uh, what's that, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. <laughs> And he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So that's whosoever, man, woman, girl, boy, you know, black, white, all are welcome. <laughs> you know, uh, I hope you all join us in being whosoever believe um, because there is so much freedom in Christ. And um, I think at the end of the day, with that freedom, you you just... You just really love to, I guess, love yourself, see yourself or, you know, who God made you to be. And walking in that is just, the, I don't know, probably the most free thing I've done uh, on about you days. But it is, you know, so. Well, I got, you know, look, I can talk to you ladies for a long time, you know. <laughs> so, like I said, I won't be long the time. But, ladies, again, thank you so much for your time. I look forward to having you all back on. And um, everyone, thank you and good night. Okay.